This is Garage Logic Podcast number 102, Feb 19, 2019. 20 below on this day in 1941, 57 degrees in 1981. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Happened again this morning. I went to the bank and completed the transaction, and she said, Awesome. And I wanted to grab her by the neck and say, <laughs> no, it was just a banking transaction. The Grand Canyon is awesome. Oh, why I, don't but, you but say, but just do it. With you. You, you need to call these people out. And Not just on awesome. At least she didn't ask him what he's good. Well, what are you doing the <laughs> rest you of the day? plans today? Sir, yeah. I'm going to go home and... We're going to be joined by Darren Trosseth. Do you know that name? I do. Yes. Darren and uh, John Kimball, I believe. Uh, well, let's ask. Uh, let's ask uh, uh, Darren. Darren, hello. How's it going, Joe? Pleasure to join you here. How are you? You caught the record sturgeon, you and John Kimball. Do you mean it's we awesome sure to be on Garage Logic? Is that what you're saying? It's, it's not awesome. awesome. It's nice. not awesome. Nice. It's absolutely awesome. More excited than catching a record fish. Right on. Who caught the fish? You or your buddy? I caught the fish, and it's Troseth, by the way. I'm sorry. Troseth. Uh, tell, me, tell me this. Were you fishing specifically to catch a sturgeon? Yes. Uh, we've been doing that probably for, uh, well, in the open water now for 10 or 15 years, but they just recently opened the ice fishing season for them probably in 2012. So that's basically all we do every weekend. Well, this is about, what, the 30th or 40th time this baby's been caught? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, over its life, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, it might have been caught here recently not too long ago. I mean, we don't have 100% confirmation, but it's it's possible. And did he go back in shame like we suggested last week? Yeah, I pictured him going back to his club, and he goes in the room, and all the guys are going, Marty, what the hell? You fell for it again. <laughs> Marty, yeah, I sturgeon. heard your show yesterday. You had me rolling. <laughs> Darren, so wait a second. You pulled this thing through the ice? Yeah, it was a chore. Uh, no, Kenny, they, they wish. Shut up. An ice hole is like <laughs> 9, 10 inches wide. How big was your hole? So I used the 8-inch auger, and we normally we drill three overlapping holes, and that wasn't big enough. We had to go to five, actually. And, wow. And I, was, I was having problems with my drill. I got an electric drill that I used, right. and uh, the battery just wasn't uh, 18 uh, cooperating volt? with me. So uh, we, we called some help over, and I guess I should have kept that cylinder in my life with that power auger. Yeah. Do you use an 18-volt uh, drill for that auger? Uh, the one I use is a 20-volt, actually. Oh, uh, even bigger. What did Marty fall for this time? What was the bait? Uh, crawlers in, in fathead minnows is what we usually use. Just a big gaba crawlers. I can't huh. imagine a fish that old. Oh. Uh, do, it's, do you have, it's pretty cool. Well, do you have any sense of its age when you're actually holding it and looking at it? I mean, they look pretty similar even compared to the younger ones. But, yeah, you get a feel for how old they are. And my guess is it's probably like 70. The DNR is thinking maybe 100. But, uh, wow. you know, they spear these things over in Wisconsin. And, they, you know, they're even bigger than this. You know, this one's kind of small compared to the ones they spear over. So I have, I have another question. These guys don't understand the concept of fishing uh, through <laughs> the ice. But it's one thing to feel all that weight on your line and get it up to the bottom of the ice. But from where it goes from the bottom of the ice up to the top of the ice, how in the world, how did a bunch of you grab it? Did you hug it? How did you get it 
from the so water that, on top of the ice. Yeah, the, the ice there was 24 inches, so you can imagine basically a 24-inch wall you got to pull that through, you know. So a lot of credit goes to my friend John because he reached down all the way up to his shoulder and put his his hand inside his mouth. You know, they got those big suckers for their mouth. Yeah. And he just reached in there and, and, and grabbed them and pulled them out. That's dedication. Yeah, if we're ever fishing together, that, I'm not going to do that for that you. That sounds like noodling. It sounds like he was noodling the thing. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, it's kind of the same concept. As far, I, I mean, I fish for big catfish, too, and, and noodling the fish actually bites your hand in, in a protection mode. You know, he's right. guarding his nest. So, Is there a, a size of sturgeon that you would have kept, and for what purposes? Are they edible? I know nothing about sturgeon. People do keep them, like I said, in Wisconsin. They actually spear them and keep them. But Minnesota does have a, uh, a catch season in uh, September where you can keep one over 60 inches if you want to. And there's also a season up on the... Rainy River, where it's the slots a little smaller, fifty to fifty-five, I believe. Well, what would and, you do? Smoke it? Yeah, that's my yeah, question. People smoke it. I've I've never tasted it, but uh, people smoke it and say it's really good. Probably tastes like halibut. They say that's a big rolling paper, isn't it, Such? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> how how many uh, how many sturgeon have you caught? Is that you're exclusively fishing for sturgeon? Yes, I've probably caught thousands. I mean, really? wow. like. Uh, sturgeon and catfish is what I do. I actually uh, do a guide service, too, so, I, I mean, I see a lot of people catch them as well. It's a fun time. Uh, since you're a guide, that means you're not going to give up the precise location, are you? Oh, I wouldn't mind. It's a catch-and-release fishery, so I don't care. These fish just roam around. You know, I, I caught the fish near Bayport, and it's just basically out in the middle of the river. It's it's more like hunting than fishing. Huh. Wow. Man, alive. Uh, so so cool. it's not a fish of 10,000 casts like the muskie. No, it's a fish of 10,000 hours, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we spend a lot of time out there, you know, just looking at our phones and listening to music. And yeah. and uh, you, you don't catch a lot of them, but when you do, it's fun. Now, what what acclaim have you achieved? Is this is the DNR going to recognize this as the record sturgeon caught in Minnesota? From what I've been told, they have certified it as a new record. It isn't uh, on their webpage or anything yet, but I have been told that it will be the new record. So. Well, you've got a new you've got a new certificate to hang in your garage. So, uh, Darren, right. we enjoyed some of the uh, some of the letters to the editor from the Crybabies. Yeah, and uh, I'm wondering, have you received any calls, letters, emails, hate hate type of stuff from uh, the Crybabies of the world? Uh, it's ridiculous. The, the, <laughs> oh my the god! People are, uh, you know, I got this video on YouTube, and it's like a uh, a constant rotation of deleting their comments. You know, it's, just, they, it's like uh, that PETA's been in full mode here oh, going man. after me. Well, stay proud, man. We uh, It's so cool. Hey, just a minute. Chris Reavers has a question for you. Darren, uh, thanks to your wife uh, for alerting us to this and, and for connecting us, Carrie. Now, is there any truth to the rumor that the reason you released it is you're too cheap to have it mounted because it was that big? <laughs> well, yeah, it would cost a lot to do that, but I'm not a big fan of mounting a fish in the first place, and I can't imagine she'd appreciate a seven-foot uh, gigantic thing with a sucker hanging down, hanging above our. That's fireplace, staying in you know? the garage. Right. <laughs> they're not. They're not an attractive fish, are they? Well, I don't know. Beauty's in the high eye beholder. That's I guess. true. I, I've kind of gained to like them, I guess. But they're they're really unique and they're pretty magnificent. I think. Oh man, fantastic! Thank you for joining us. Well, my pleasure. I enjoyed being here.
All right, thank you. Yeah, keep it Thanks, up, Darren. Keep downloading that uh, podcast every day. Darren Joseph, <laughs> who caught the record sturgeon, 78 that, that, inches long. That's wow. what you have to say to this guy, Rook. Keep downloading our podcast. Yes, that's all. It's all about just <laughs> he worked in a plug. podcast every day. <laughs> every day. No, but but shout out, Carrie, the, his wife, is the one that actually contacted us, because I think he was a little little too shy, because he's a dedicated well, diehard he, GL he fan. He should be, because yeah. he knew he was you know going to get the garage grill right. if he calls well, He's right. a champion now, another garage logic champion. Rook, get get okay. Get, I have to. I have to bring something up. Get how to fish for sturgeon off the big screen. I listened. I listened to yesterday's <laughs> podcast on the way in this morning, right. and it, it took him what hundred? What is this? One hundred and two? We're one oh two today. Kenny. It took him up to one hundred and one to figure out. For the last how many years have we all been doing this? We completely ignore everything he said <laughs> right. when he was on the radio. Right. Like you said, Republicans, Democrats, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking up, what are the ingredients to Silly Putty? <laughs> how to measure your head. <laughs> That's because I used to be on one side of the glass facing them, and they uh, were on the other side of the glass facing me, and I did not know what they were up to with their computer monitors. I told my kid we always had two conversations going. Yes. Whatever <laughs> nonsense we were responding to Joe with, and then the more important conversation and off then, the air. Joe, does this ever look familiar? If I'm, uh, if you're talking about something, I just go, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then go back to silly putty ingredients. Say, where are we on the... Uh, very strong uh, possibility of breaking the 1962 record for the most snow in February. Ooh, we're going to do it. I'm Isn't for it four? It. I'm for it. Oh, we have to be. At this Absolutely. point, you got to go for the record. Why not? you got to go for it's the It's going to be gone in a couple of weeks anyway. Yeah. Come on. It smells, like, it smells like spring today. I can smell spring. Really? really? Yeah. It's, uh, old Sol is trying its best. Yeah. And remember, what we've learned about climate change is it would be warmer today if it wasn't this cold. <laughs> oh, yes, oh exactly. yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, prediction on coverage of the uh, of the snow that mass and the hysteria. new record mass hysteria mass hysteria will they will they include the since sixty two or oh, sixty four yeah. whatever yeah, it is yeah I think we'll include the since and okay. I'm your sense guy I spent my time yep. trying to find that it was right. nineteen sixty two and uh, beginning what midnight tonight three to six inches maybe more wasn't yeah. sixty five a big year too yes, it was it, it was resulted massive in massive flooding flooding yeah mm-hmm. LBJ came to town and stood on the banks of the Mississippi and said get me the hell out of here <laughs> why am I here and then another storm coming in this weekend right. Currently, there's 22.6 inches of snow falling this month. I imagine I'm talking about the metro area. The number to beat is 26.5, set back in 1962. And as for the weekend, another snowstorm, possibly bigger than Wednesday's, is slated to hit the Twin Cities on Saturday and continue into Sunday. I'm getting into it now. I got enough gas for the snowblower. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Do you have a total for the year so I don't. I I think it's going to be... Uh, I was it. No, I don't know. I can't guess. But when LBJ was here in '65, didn't he order pants as well? Uh, I want them half inch larger in the waist than they were before. The pockets, when you sit down in the chair, the knife and your money comes out. So I needed at least another inch in the pockets. Yep. Another thing, the crotch is always a little too tight. Because they cut me. It's just like riding a, a wire fence. But <laughs> she can't that. leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends. 
<laughs> That's oh. he, he was calling Jaime's, I think. He's, yeah, he, he put, in, Jaime's a, put an order to Jaime's. And <laughs> yes. Got some trousers before he left town. Yeah, a little tight. Yeah. Say, Taylor, uh, Taylor was very comfortable. Made a great uh, living. Uh, fine. Could you take a break, please? I have to uh, have to get some water. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I, I hope GLers appreciate what I do for them when I look up the sense winds on storms. It's actually fascinating. Because all storms now, all weather is presented with hysteria. Uh, last night, the ABC Nightly News with David Muir led off with a snowstorm. Well, you know, it's... February 18th, when you're reporting that, it's, yeah. it's winter. Yep. It's bound to happen. Well, we got a new one now. We got a new one, and I had to do some digging. But thanks to the Los Angeles Times, I found it, and I think the Los Angeles Times did uh, an admirable reporting job on this. Rare L.A. megastorm could overwhelm dam and flood dozens of cities, experts say. Uh, and they call this the other big one, as opposed to the uh, earthquake being the big one. And it could cause three times as much damage as a major earthquake. It might sound absurd to those who still recall five years of withering drought and mandatory water restrictions. Researchers and engineers warn that California may be due for rain of biblical proportions or what experts call an ark storm, A-R-K. Like a Noah. No, it means uh, something about rivers. Uh, I'll find it. Uh, This is a rare megastorm, which some say is rendered all the more inevitable due to Climate change. That w- that's what always drives me to find the sense. Mm-hmm. But this is attributable due to climate change. It could last for weeks and send more than a million and a half people f- fleeing as floodwaters inundate cities and formed lakes in the Central Valley and Mojave Desert. I'm not downplaying the fact that this will be terribly inconvenient to humans. Uh, in the populated area of the Los Angeles Basin, epic runoff from the San Gabriel Mountains could rapidly overwhelm a flood control dam on the San Gabriel River and unleash floodwaters from Pico Riviera to Long Beach, says an analysis by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. is a very long story by the Los Angeles Times. I won't read all of it. Uh, I have your arc storm definition. It means... Uh, it's all one word, by the way. Attitudinal and, rivers. And AR stands for atmospheric river. Atmospheric river. A hypothetically, yeah. uh, but scientifically realistic megastorm scenario. But, Rook, in fairness to you, when I saw Ark, the first thing I thought of, too, was Noah. Noah, yeah. I thought of Noah. Ark, it's over, baby. I thought of Noah. Uh, And then we get page after page of catastrophic uh, flooding. And, again, this is uh, not good. But I I found it, uh, and I didn't find it. The Los Angeles Times, uh, uh, as they should have, uh, printed it. Uh, Among the communities hardest hit in a dam failure would be Pico Rivera, a city of 63,000 people immediately below the dam. In a worst-case scenario, it could be hit with water 20 feet deep. In recent years, officials with the U.S. Department of Interior and U.S. Geological Survey have sought to raise awareness of the threat of megastorms and promote emergency preparedness. Part of the challenge has been characterizing the scale of such storms. When scientists speak of 900-year storms, that does not mean the storm will occur every 900 years, or that such a storm cannot happen two years in a row. That means that such a storm has a 1 in 900 or 0.1% chance of occurring in any given year. The estimates used, here we go, 
The estimates used by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers are intended to protect the region from a storm similar to the one that hit California during the rainy season of 1861-1862. That's when a series of intense storms hammered the state for 45 days and dropped 36 inches of rain on Los Angeles. So much water fell that it was impossible to cross the Central Valley without a boat, and the state capital was moved temporarily from Sacramento to San Francisco. It's been well covered in a lot of the Mountain Man books I've read. Then how can this be climate change? What was going on in 1862? Well, climate change, because the climates always change. Maybe they were using an, an excessive amount of coal during can that time. Can I give, you another, example? Can I give really, you another no. example? Can I give you another example? Yeah. Many listeners uh, wanted me to comment on a piece that the Star Tribune ran over the weekend. And uh, I swear to God I have it here someplace. Oh, for Pete's sake. Uh, Bear with me. Here it is. The Star Tribune had a big piece uh, over the weekend, uh, the headline of which was, Nearly 150 years later, the buffalo slaughter hangs over American Indian wealth. And I'm not here to dispute that or to counter that. Uh, I think Native Americans got a bad deal in many ways. That's not why I'm bringing this story up. I'm bringing the story up for this paragraph. Tens of millions of bison roam from the southeastern and southwestern U.S. through nearly the entire country and up into the high mountain ranges of western Canada. Uh, but numbers, but the number of bison started to decline in the 1600s when tribes began to use horses to hunt them and European settlers pushed them out of the eastern U.S. toward the plains. Climate change also played a role <laughs> as the grasslands dried up in the 18th and early 19th centuries and their territory narrowed. No, well, no, again, no, then, no, then no. Why are we, if that's climate change, then what are you worried today for? That's just more proof. If you want to call that climate change, then anything that happens is the result of the climate changing because the climate has always changed. They have no proof of that. There's no way climate that they change. could prove that to me. There's absolutely no way. I mean, it wasn't enough to provide the litany of, of uh, reasons that Native Americans uh, suffered horribly under the arrival of <laughs> the settlers and, and, and whatnot. We have to throw in yeah. the fact that climate change also contributed just as we're just as if you go back to the first paragraph of the megastorm story in Los Angeles, this rare megastorm, dash, dash, which some say is rendered all the more inevitable due to climate change. No, 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 it's not. You just got done telling me you got a point a 0.1% chance of this storm in any given year. Mm-hmm. It's not inevitable because of climate change. Yeah, as far as I've ever read, the, the, the demise of the bison is solely due to man. Mm-hmm. And not man alone. Uh, the Spanish, like you said, the Spanish brought over horses. Spanish were driven out. The horses stayed. Uh, Native Americans took over the horses, and that changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the lilacs. Don't forget about the lilacs. Those were not Native. Uh, That's those right. Were They're, not not native native. To, um, They're not Native. They're not Native. But I, I, what proof do they have, Joe? Do they cite references? How do they know? No. no it, it, the news gathering. What am I hearing? That might be you, Johnny. Is it my computer? Yep. Yeah. He's oh. deaf. He's deaf. He clicked huh? on something. He clicked on huh? clickbait. Oh, yeah, you're right. I got it. He's I deaf. Got it. I, I played with a golf one time with a guy named Ernie, Ernie Dawson. 
And and apparently he suffered such damage during the time in the service he couldn't hear. He'd be right next to you in the cart with the reverse button going beep 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 beep. <laughs> didn't even hear it. Do you remember John McDougal? Oh, yeah. he, he didn't. He couldn't hear the weather alarm. The whole building was shaking <laughs> because of the weather alarm. Young man. Dan, uh, Daniel Swain, a USCLA climate scientist, said hydrological and forecast data used by the Corps must be updated. The Army Corps estimates the. Estimates of the impacts of an extremely serious weather event are categorically underestimated. He said that's because we only have about a century of records to refer to in California. As an example, Swain said until recently it was thought a flood the magnitude of 1861-1862 event was likely to occur every 1,000 to 10,000 years. Now research has changed that view considerably. A newer study suggests the chances of seeing another flood of that magnitude over the next 40 years are about 50-50. Well, so that was his but way of... You saying. mentioned dams and reservoirs. Since 1861, there's been a lot of reservoirs, a lot of dams put in place. These dams are going to burst with that kind of storm. I have a lot of friends out there. I don't wish them ill. I hope they survive this. I have no doubt that it will be a significant rainfall event. Just don't sell it to me with your BS. Yeah, You've already had it in 1861. Right. And how do we know they didn't have it in 1562? Right. So good Godspeed to these people. You know what they need? Good insurance coverage. That's what they need. <laughs> You're not kidding. Where That's they, where why get I, good maybe insurance. Federated works with the people in L.A. They work with businesses and industries all over. Uh, they tailor their insurance program to meet the needs of your individual business or industry. Property and casualty, life, disability income. Uh, their marketing reps are the best because they get to know the business owners, and then they can customize the insurance coverage that business owner needs. For example, driving is probably a significant part of your business. They'll talk to you about auto liability. Uh, and if you're worried about a cyber attack, you might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance, you need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. I am in error. I... I thought I was reading from the Los Angeles Times the forecast for an imminent megastorm. And uh, Kenny corrected me off air. Uh, going through it again, it's basically a story that's forecasting the devastation that a megastorm uh, could uh, could be responsible for. It's there, there, sobering, it isn't, it isn't uh, on the map for... They're not getting a megastorm tonight or tomorrow. I, I completely misread this. This is a long, long story telling the reader of the Los Angeles Times what could potentially happen in the event of a megastorm, the likes of which they had back in 1861-62. I apologize. I thought that was the... Uh, I thought one of these was forecasted. And apparently that, that is not the case. You need to head to high ground here from what I'm reading on in this uh, L.A. Times right, piece. Right. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. A Minneapolis neighborhood group is now considering dropping the name Calhoun. Well, I think they should. It's racist. Just last year, you remember, the Minneapolis Lake, formerly known as Lake Calhoun, was officially changed to the Makaska. Bada-bing, bada-bing, <laughs> The name Calhoun has divided a lot of people in Minneapolis over the last few years. Now... 
the East Calhoun Community Organization wants to take some time to consider whether they need to join the list of those who no longer want to be affiliated with the name. Lake Bidet Makaska dropped its former name Lake Calhoun last year. Those moves came in response to public outcry that the name Calhoun is honoring former Vice President John C. Calhoun, a man with a pro-slavery reputation. Judy Shields is the president of the East Calhoun Community... <laughs> Community organization, she says, I think when the lake name changed, it threw that into a higher level of importance. Shield says they created a committee to think about this same debate on whether or not they should change their name. She said, I think there are different people with different opinions, and thus the reason for the process. Uh, They're not the only neighborhood group to consider this. The Calhoun Area Residents Action Group, now South Uptown, made the switch last year. Shield said they went through the same process. We might tweak it a little bit, so I think that people are conscious of the reason behind Lake Calhoun. Have you guys ever seen the official portrait of uh, John C. Calhoun? Yeah, he looks uh, crazy. He he looks like he's going to, I I am going to kill you right right now. He looks like he's going to stab someone through the heart with a pencil (laughs) and do it. He should be the, well, he should be the crabby coffee shop guy. Very intense looking gentleman. Wow, one more time. With wild hair. If the lake was named for Calhoun precisely because he favored slave ownership, you wouldn't have heard of peep out of me for changing the name. But it wasn't named for Calhoun because of his slave ownership. It was named for him because the surveyors he sent out there stumbled across this lake and said, let's name it for the boss. End of story. And that's how a lot of the rivers got named across the country. Lewis and Clark named a bunch of rivers, and they used people in government. Right. (laughs) Minneapolis public school officials plan to ask Superintendent Ed Graff to stick around and are preparing a new three-year contract for him. Graff, who's in the third year as the leader of the state's third largest school system, has implemented a district-wide elementary literacy curriculum and pulled the district out of a multi-million dollar deficit. He forged relationships with local leaders and helped pass a $30 million referendum that he said would help execute his top priorities, which he says are literacy, equity, social and emotional learning, and support services for students. He's the Minneapolis super? Correct. How can Minneapolis be the third largest school district? I was wondering that myself when I read the story. but uh, Anoka Hennepin might be bigger. Yeah, because yeah, I think what, what would be second? Be, Rochester? Would no. It be, no, it would be Minnetonka, wouldn't it? No. No. That's a huge. It it covers Hopkins, Minnetonka. It. Oh, it's got to be a western suburb. I think it's Rochester. Under his new contract, Graff would earn two hundred and thirty grand annually. His monthly car allowance would increase from four hundred to four hundred twenty dollars. The contract would allow him to cash out up to ten vacation days annually if oh, they're sure. not used. It's good to be in the Super Club. Anoka <laughs> Hennepin, I was right. St. Paul. How could St. Paul be number two? That. They may not be graded yet. They're just talking about the districts. I oh. thought that would come out as a list. Oh, but wait, look at okay. No, you're Anoka, right. St. Paul is second. Thirty-eight thousand one hundred four in Anoka. St. Paul thirty-seven plus Minneapolis thirty-six plus. Yeah, so it's very close. Really, Rochester's. How could St. Paul be bigger than Minneapolis? Does it? Include it doesn't the, make sense. The suburbs: Roseville, Maplewood, etc. Yeah, how many schools? 
Anoka only has 51 schools versus St. Paul and Minneapolis having 104. Oh, my God. This is so boring. Next story. Yeah, it is. Get it off the screen, Rook. Go back to the Grand Canyon, which is awesome. Goodness. The uh, current contract that Graf has, if you're wondering, uh, makes uh, gives him 225 grand. St. Cloud. One hell of a club. That super club is one hell of a club. What's he get for his car? Shut Uh, up, Reavers. 400 right now. It'll go up to 420 with a new deal. You have a pretty good car for 420 a month. That's a a truck. I'm going to have to encourage a mole that I I know a future mole to rise through the ranks and become one of those club members. Yes. She, she, the mole, yes, would be should become a super someplace. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm. That's what you, I'm going to. I'm going to tell this person. You should let club. her get hired first. I'm not going to use pronouns <laughs> first. <laughs> Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, whose insurgent 2016 presidential campaign reshaped Democratic politics, announced Tuesday. He is running for the presidency again in Why 2020. Not? Feel the burn. Get on in here. Rake him up. The 77-year-old <laughs> self-described Democratic Socialist said in an email to supporters, our campaign is not only about defeating Donald Trump, our campaign is about transforming our country and creating a government based on the principles of economic, social, racial, and environmental justice. Oh, go bleep yourself. Remember <laughs> <laughs> Bernie back in 2016 had a, uh, put up a spirited challenge to Hillary Clinton. She, of course, became the party's ultimate nominee. His campaign helped lay the groundwork for the leftward lurch that has dominated Democrats in the Trump era. The question now for Sanders is whether he can stand out in the crowded field of Democratic presidential candidates who embraced some of his policy ideas already, and uh, he is, of course, 77 years old. Someone did the side-by-side. You guys have seen the movie Back to the Future, correct? I think I have. They did the side-by-side with Bernie and the the crazy Doc. Doc Brown? Doc Brown on Twitter making his announcement. That was was pretty (laughs) funny. They got the same hairstyle. Oh, I'm sure. Almost looks like John C. Calhoun. Yeah, Yeah, same hairstyle. And Bernie's just as angry. A recent data breach impacting a number of Minnesota businesses may have resulted in unauthorized access to payment info of some consumers who used credit and debit cards. And according to North Country Business Products, uh, they're a company that provides point-of-sale services to businesses. The businesses impacted include Dunn Brothers Coffee, Sebastian Joe's Ice Cream, and Chino Latino. full list of the businesses impacted by the data breach can be accessed at kstp.com. Sebastian Joe's. Oh. Pretty good stuff. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know of it. Yeah. Of it. That's because you live out in the suburbs. Okay. A coalition. Oh, are you calling yourself a city yet, are you? I am. Yeah. A coalition of 16 states, including Minnesota, filed a federal lawsuit Monday to block President Trump's plan to build the border wall without permission from Congress, arguing that the president's decision to declare a national emergency is unconstitutional. The lawsuit, brought by states with Democratic governors, except for one, Maryland, seeks a preliminary injunction that would prevent the president from acting on his emergency declaration while the case plays out in court. Editor of a small-town Alabama newspaper published an editorial calling for the Ku Klux Klan to night ride again. Oh, my God. Mm, against, are you kidding me? Against Democrats in the Republican Party and Democrats who are plotting to raise taxes in Alabama. Oh, Goodlow Sutton is the publisher of the Democrat Reporter newspaper in Linden, Alabama, and he confirmed to the Montgomery Advertiser on Monday he authored the February 14th editorial calling for the return of the KKK. He said, quote, if we could get the Klan to go up there and clean out D.C., we'd all be better off. Asked to elaborate what he meant by cleaning up D.C., Sutton suggested lynching. 
He said, we'll get, Really? He said, we'll get the hemp ropes out, loop them over a tall limb, and hang all of them. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's got a circulation of five people. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of them. When asked if he felt it was... Uh, appropriate mm-hmm. for the publisher of a newspaper to call for the lynching of Americans, Sutton doubled down on his position. He said, I'm not calling for the lynching of Americans. These are socialist communists we're talking about. Do you know what socialism and communism is? When asked if he recognized the KKK as a racist and violent organization, he disagreed, comparing them to the NAACP. Really? Sutton said, wow. a violent organization? Well, they didn't kill but a few people. The Klan wasn't what? reporting. Isn't what he used to be. Is, is he it? trolling? Klan. He's just trying to get a reaction. He's trying to get uh, a He's national publicity. The Klan wasn't violent. He said until they needed to be. He said he, he didn't. Nobody's that stupid. Mean they weren't bad until they were. Yeah. Uh, until they were for. Until their hand was forced. They were misunderstood. Yeah. John, uh, you, you might not believe this. I've never told you this before, but the uh, the KKK. Yeah. They took my baby away. <laughs> no. It's, no, I don't know. I don't know what lyric that's from. That's a that's Ramones, from the Ramones song. Yeah. Sutton said he didn't know any clan remaining in the area. Said most died out after the '60s. He said he welcomed people to call him, write him, or even boycott him if they want to. He's worked at the paper since 1964. Inherited the publication from dad. Sutton and the newspaper received national acclaim in the 1990s for the reporting on a corrupt local sheriff. In 2015, he ran a headline. Uh, that made some folks uh, angry, saying Selma Black Thugs murdered Demopolite. I don't know what that means, Saturday night. Uh, at the time, the paper had about 3,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. What was your song about? <laughs> uh, his baby went to L.A. Oh, she yeah. never got there. Because the KKK stole her. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. You could give everybody in here an instrument. We'd pr- be better than the Ramones. Oh wow! The great thing about the Ramones, uh, when you walked out, by the time you by the time you got to the front door, they were already done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so every song was about two minutes, twelve yeah, seconds. You know, yeah, and they all sounded the same. Yeah. Like yeah. two tennis shoes. And what a was their big hit? No, that's the dead. They oh, didn't yeah. really ever have one. Probably. Okay. Uh, oh, I mean, I've heard yeah, of them. I want to be sedated. I want to be sedated. Want to be sedated. And that was about a guy that just wanted to get sedated. Well, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've never heard the Ramones work? I know of them. I, I can't in my mind picture any of their music. Huh. Can't my mind picture? Is that a Grateful Dead reference? Yeah. Is that because you've been huffing on the weed? <laughs> yeah, I've been on the weed vaping. Does uh, music come up on the family podcast quite a bit, Rook? Um, music really does not come up. Yeah, uh, yes, it does because I have said in the Here past that uh, Sinatra Such? stands the test of time. This new music will not stand the test this of time. New music. <laughs> that must well, have been a hell of a discussion. On the, on the last one we did, you'd be surprised. The youngest I would one, be. he he led the he led the complete. I'd be podcast. terribly surprised. I got news for you. Table Terribly Talk surprised. with Rookie's Family. Find it Is on it about food? Apple, iTunes, and Podcasts. It's about family. <laughs> well, that's food is part of that. Uh, Faith, family, does come football. Up. No, it's what not is, Denny you know Greenlight. What is with you and your family? <laughs> We're messed up. That's why you want to listen. No, your we family. Fight. We fight on the podcast. Your family isn't messed up. You yeah. are messed up. I get that a lot. You are the only guy I know that has never taken a guy's weekend to go ice fishing, to go hunting, to go oh, to wait, the beach. Wait a minute. No, you don't no. do normal what was the man family, things. What, what was the wait, family? You run home to the family every day. Sometimes you run home to the family three times a day. What was the family that gained <laughs> cultural significance back in the 
70s? Manson family. No, uh, they had a <laughs> yeah. PBS series. Yeah. They got married. The loud, Louds or Louds? The Family Stones. Louds. He had three sons. Loud. It was Loud. My right? three sons, Ernie, Chip, no, and Rob. No, Louds or Louds. The Something Loud family. Like that. L-O-U-D. Yeah. What was the name of the show? Because the show had, uh, remember? Yeah, all the, and, uh, and, you know, uh, and I mean, you want messed up. That was messed up. That's right. That's All of them had hair of gold, like their mother. No, uh, no the youngest so one was in curls. One. It was the Loud family. I think you're right. I can't mm. find it, of course. But seriously, dude, you are the most messed up guy <laughs> seriously. Yeah, I have ever a, met. An American I will family. Agree that I'm an American up. family. The, the Loud family. The Loud yeah. family. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Now, yeah. if I could. No. Oh. No. Oh. Out of time. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Souchere. Okay, hold up before we get back to Johnny. I was We're verbally, not getting back to Johnny. Oh, I was verbally taken to a task <laughs> uh, from my uh, co-worker for never having a guy's weekend and going ice fishing. Yeah. What do you see in that photo there, sir? I see you catching a fish out of the ice. Right there, brah. Two, uh, it must have been a month and a half ago. Wait, I went up too deep into the the heart of Wisconsin. No, with the uh, with the Gannon family. No, and I drank some booze no. and we did some ice fishing. We no. went out for a burger. No, yes, you're lying. Why? You're lying. It was you taking your son on a Cub Scout trip. No, that doesn't. No, count. no, that, no. That was <laughs> rookie. That was rookie. Years ago. No, let's put it this way: Was the whole family with you? No, it's just Gabe and I. That oh, doesn't uh, count. That's not a guy's that's weekend. That's a guy's weekend. That's not I a guy's weekend. Gabe, that's have another sip of whiskey. Hey, hey dummy. Hey, no, wait, 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 Joe. That's the kind it's of... Like I'm going to be like Jeff Beck, man. I'm leaving. <laughs> that's the kind of weekend a normal man tries to get out of doing. I thought I was pretty... Hey, I'm a guy now. <laughs> what the hell? Here we go again. You're saying that doesn't count. We're going back to North Carolina. No. I was alerted to this by Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey... Uh, this is a piece from the Charlotte Observer, and uh, I, I find in it some vindication. Okay. Some vindication. A 77-year-old North Carolina teacher has died of injuries suffered in a mysterious animal attack oh. Friday in the small Beaufort County town of Pantago, according to a Monday Facebook post from the school where she worked. Investigators with the Beaufort County Sheriff's Office confirmed her death and reported they are still trying to determine what kind of animal was involved in the attack. The department originally said the animal's DNA did not uh, match any wild animals indigenous to the area. Canine DNA was found on Mrs. Hamilton's clothing. However, the testing does not differentiate between wild canines such as wolf or coyote, indigenous to the area, and domestic canines, said in an updated post from the sheriff. At present, sheriff's investigators are collecting DNA from domestic canines in the area for further testing. Beaufort County is home to bears, alligators, and coyotes, but preliminary DNA testing facilitated by NC wildlife biologists has eliminated any wild animals indigenous to the area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The victim was identified as Brenda Hamilton, a high school teacher at Pungo Christian Academy in Bellhaven. School officials announced uh, at 11 a.m. Monday that Hamilton died of the injuries at Vident Pit Hospital. A 911 call at 5.47 a.m. Friday reported someone had been attacked by an animal on Indian Run Road in Pantago, said the sheriff. 
The town of about 200 people is not far from the Pimlico Sound in coastal North Carolina. Beaufort County EMS and paramedics arrived to find the 77-year-old Brenda Hamilton of Pantego suffering from severe injuries. Biologists with the NC Wildlife Resources Commission have joined the investigation. Beaufort County Sheriff's investigators are continuing to investigate to determine which, if any, domestic canines in the area may have attacked Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton was an East Carolina University grad who had been a teacher at Pungo since 1968. Okay. Uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes uh, she was attacked by a gay-hating Bigfoot shouting, <laughs> you're in MAGA country now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so obvious. Uh, it's either got to be a feral dog or a wolf, but they don't have wolves there, do they? I don't think they do. Would a they dog have, be that aggressive? Oh, yeah. It might bite you in the... Oh, yeah, no. A feral dog? Sure. Uh, what did it say where the animals... Canine DNA was found under clothing. That's the only thing. It, it, but the DNA does not differentiate between wild, uh, such as wolf or coyote. Wolf is indigenous to the area, it said. It is indigenous. Oh, yeah, you're right. It does, right. But such I only a, brought it up because could be the Sasquatch. Ah. Sam's Quatch. After he took care of the three-year-old? Yeah. Likes kids. You don't know how they behave. Didn't That's like true. grandma. That's true. Huh. I think you got yourself a mystery, and you ain't got no sense. But isn't it ironic that it's North Carolina again? Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> the animal cares for the child, the yeah. bear in the garbage truck, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. 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 I think we got to keep our eye on the North Carolina Cup. But where where is it written? I mean, that's un, that's very unusual to have a, a a dog kill a woman. I say it's unusual. Uh, to go to that extent, yeah, pit I think they'll chew you up a little maybe. bit. But the pit bull actually has to be trained to kill people because pit, bull, pit bulls are not born angry and mean. Uh, I don't know anything about pit bulls. Oh, are they, are they, are regardless they, of my, no, I'm my, afraid of my them. neighbor had a pit bull. It was the most generous, loving yeah. animal I've ever met. We had one in the neighborhood, so too. Awesome. It would give you that cute smile when it latched onto your arm and wouldn't let go. The animal would run full bore at my tiny son and slam on the brakes right before he yep. got to him and lick his face. My dad's lab, run at him, tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> well, why do people train pit bulls to be so dreadful? Because they can be indeed. aggressive. Why indeed? But Kenny's right. We had one in the neighborhood, and he played with the kids. Are they related to boxers? Boxers really also very yeah. genteel animals, aren't they? I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. My old man had a boxer, but the janitor at school poisoned it. What? what? Well, this is back in the 20s. I mean, it's mm. oh. You know, it wasn't yesterday. Right. You know. But, I mean, by accident or he just didn't like <laughs> I, I think the dog hung around too much and the janitor got tired. Oh, okay. Yeah, try a little antifreeze yeah. here. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Bert writes, based on, remember yesterday we discovered that there's actually someone in the failed academy who did a long study uh, intending to demonstrate that toasters uh, <laughs> yeah. provide as, uh, cause yeah. as much pollution in your house as standing at a busy intersection, which is all nonsense, all utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bert writes, based on my preliminary findings, I have deduced that not only do toasters cause the degradation of our air, they also cause colds in human beings. I'll elaborate. I burned my toast yesterday morning and was moved to open the window to release (laughs) some smoke. 
The air outside is cold, and I came down with a case of the sniffles. Ergo, toasters cause usper respiratory problems in humans. Right. Now I shall get a cadre of youthful academics without critical thinking skills to confirm my findings to bring down Big Toaster. We will take these findings to the government. We all know this can only help. Supporting the failed Academy loyal listener, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Sucha, you're like me. Every time you smell burnt toast, you think you're having a stroke. You start erasing stuff in your phone and checking your history. It's like, oh, I got five minutes. Wait a minute. You think you're going to die the first thing you do is start erasing stuff from yeah. your phone? Oh, yeah. you don't? <laughs> I'm with Kenny. Off-site uh, contributor Rads. Rads writes, in your podcast yesterday, you discussed the reports of a new study from the University of Texas at Austin regarding the deadly pollution we are now being exposed to by the use of one of the most common household appliances in the history of the human condition, the toaster. Ironically, a quick search of the internets reveals that the University of Texas at Austin offers a variety of officially licensed and branded Texas Longhorn Pro Toast MVP toasters <laughs> that will actually burn a life-threatening image of the Texas Longhorn right. into your slices yeah. of breakfast toast. Nice. You will notice that almost all of the pages offering these evil, vile devices for sale is a note that they are currently sold out. <laughs> also below is the University of Texas branded Fire Pit uh, which all of these appliances I highly recommend that you do not use in your kitchen. Best wishes, Rads. And sure enough, uh, look at. I can see the toast. You can get a. You can put the, the toaster in there, and it comes out sure. with the Longhorn logo yeah. on it. Oh, the irony there. And is then, and me. then, uh, and then here's a fire pit with the with the Texas Longhorn, yeah, Longhorn on logo. It. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, Texas toast is big. Continuing with my fascination with the Northern Lights, Bill Miller. Uh, must be in Alaska, or found a picture from Alaska. The Northern Lights in Alaska, and they were just fa- fascinating, fascinating. There they are in black and white. Beautiful. For you. They're just, they're just <laughs> I'm surprised that lady didn't. She she didn't like toasters, but she didn't say anything about Damn. bacon, hamburger, well, steak. Got to leave room chicken for future fried steak. Oh, you're right. You Got to leave room for future studies. They're on the list. All right. Uh, uh, there's more to come. There's more to come. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs. A professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Uh, More trouble in the salon, folks. And uh, the salon refers to the political activity, political activity that occurs uh, in all of the. Uh, uh, what is that noise? 
Are we not on the That's air? That's my alarm. It's time for lunch. <laughs> Are we on the air? Yep, we're good. Just my phone, sir. Keep going. Uh, salon. Uh, what salon? Who is ruling? The salon in St. Paul now wants to have, you have to have green takeout containers for the restaurants. And what this means is... Uh, oh, yeah, cardboard or whatever. Right, but they're not liquid-friendly, as restaurateurs have told me. Right. Uh, so it's very difficult to find uh, the correct container that would appeal to the people in the salon. Never mind that you can't get around town because of the snow. Right. we got to get these <laughs> green takeout containers for food. Well, here's here's what I've discovered. Talking to a local, is it restaurateur or restaurateur? Second, yeah. Restaurateur. Restaurateur. Right. Uh, what they particularly want to ban are the black plastic trays. Like, let's say you go to someplace and you get an order of chow mein. It's usually in a black plastic yes. container with right. a sure. plastic sure. lid on it. Snap on lid, yeah. And they want to ban those. And uh, I'm, I'm being told by the guy I was talking to, this is dreadful. It's going to hurt local restaurants because they can't find suitable replacements for it. But they're going to allow Hormel and Johnsonville and these billion-dollar companies. They can still sell those in the grocery stores. You can go to the grocery store and buy buy your products in these the same kind of black plastic containers that are now going to be uh, banned from takeout orders in local restaurants. So it's going to hurt you know these little Hmong places right, that are spouting right. up, non bistro, Vietnamese kind of places, <laughs> and Casetas and uh, anything yep. anything up and down Seventh Street. There's no rhyme or reason in the salon. There's no rhyme or reason to it. They're going to burden people who employ hundreds of local people by prohibiting them from selling you takeout food in a black plastic container, but they're going to allow corporate America to still sell you stuff in the grocery store in the black plastic container, which then goes to the landfill, because apparently it hasn't been figured out how to recycle yet. Yes. Uh, I have a good friend who bartends at an establishment downtown Minneapolis, and they had to stop using reusable hard plastic cups and had to switch to disposable throwaway cheaper plastic cups mm-hmm. the city mandated it and he said why we're rewashing and reusing these there's less waste no right. it's not good enough wow because they're ending some of these cups were ending up in the trash because customers would throw well, look them away. at the sins so look at the sins that are being committed uh, in the name of saving the earth there's an example right there. Oh, it was ridiculous. There's a bar that your buddy works in, and they have hard plastic cups, and they keep them in inventory. Mm-hmm. They're not thrown away. No. They're cleaned, and then somebody else has a beer, and then it gets cleaned again. So what they what they wanted to do is you have to get rid of those for purposes of creating more recycling? Yep. Well, that's obscene. It is. And look what they deal with trash hauling. In the private sector way of doing business, people would make their own arrangements with a private hauler. If you live in a triplex, for example, there are many in St. Paul where the three tenants of a triplex realize we can all get along with one bin. Right. And we'll split the cost three right. ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. And, and But the city said, no, every single residential unit must have a bin. So in the interest of saving the earth, what have they done? They've kept the trucks on the road longer. Right. And what do they do when they're on the road longer? They spew. Oh. They I, spew mm-hmm. more carbon dioxide. Because I hadn't thought of it that you way. You go down the alley, there was one bin. Now they go down the alley. Let's say you had an alley with uh, seven bins in it. A Grand Avenue. A because Grand of Avenue. arrangements that, that apartment dwellers and triplex <laughs> residents had, had made with haulers. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So you go down an alley. A year ago, you'd go down the alley. There might have been seven bins. Now you go down the alley, and there's 18 bins. That's true. Makes yeah. no sense. In Minneapolis, we have no choice about who removes our trash. The city does it. But it, you're right. It, we have a trash truck. We have a recycling truck. Now we have perishable foods, paper plates, etc. recycling truck. Then we have the mattress truck. Then we have the recycling of the TVs, washers, and everything else that I can possibly haul from the farm and put out in the back alley. <laughs> so you're absolutely right, Such. It's way more trucks on the road. So here they are in the salon, and they say, "What are we going to do next?" Let's we we in the salon. You we've already prohibited. Uh, you can't sell menthol cigarettes to an adult. Right. Uh, we're going to tell you how the trash is going to be collected. Can't sell candy cigarettes. You can't sell candy cigarettes in an ice cream store. But we're on board with legalizing marijuana. You hypocritical <laughs> word I can't say. Well, how- and now they come to the restaurant uh, people, the small businesses, which is the only industry really thriving in St. Paul, is food. It's yes. the only industry. Mm-hmm. Pubs, breweries, uh, beer, what nope. do you call those? Uh, pub houses or uh, brew pubs, brew pubs uh, burger joints. And now they're going to those. the owners of those places who tell them repeatedly, look, the market has not yet provided the product we need. The market has yet to come up with a recyclable, compostable product that you're demanding that I buy. And uh, because I can't uh, sell lasagna and put a lot of sauce on it in a cardboard container because it's not liquid-friendly, and then the sauce leaks out, and then that customer's never coming back to me again. The salon is not based in reality. And we keep electing the wrong, wrong people. They go to the salon and they look at a world and they say, we can make this world better if you'd only listen to what we're telling you. And all they're doing is screwing it up and ruining it for people. Making it far worse. Making it worse. And your theory of whoever you disliked in office, Mm -hmm. you will like more as soon as they are gone because their replacement... that's we'll my be, most dreadful. Yes, my, and that's my most dreadful prediction. It works at, uh, locally and nationally. Yep. So what? What? What are you saying? They should have. Well, I know the answer is obvious. What they should have done is butt out and not be involved. But by allowing supermarkets to continue and stores, big box stores, etc., to continue to sell these products, they're just being hypocritical. Take it a step further. If they're not able to use those for leftovers, and I, I didn't hear you mention this. Why? Now you're creating even more waste because the food that would have gone home with mom, dad, and the kids is now just getting thrown out. Why did they not take on these big box stores and make it a universal ban? I, I don't know. Why don't they Why don't they ban tobacco? Right. I've, I've, Same question. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The uh, Which they're going to do in Hawaii, by the way. Really? Yeah. Ban tobacco? Well, no, they're... Well, they're it, Smoking of tobacco, oh, oh. but not cigars. Well, they're raising pipes. the age limit. To, you got, eventually, you'd have to be a hundred years old to buy a pack of cigarettes. Is why <laughs> the irony is the irony is I'm this I'm the evil right wing Republican. Yeah, right? you are. Yeah, yeah. I've been for but I I so strongly believe in recycling. I'm a crunchy conservative. I mean, yeah. I, I I it makes so much sense to me. I I like doing it. It makes a great deal of sense. And but it so therefore. I'm entitled to my keen observations because I, I'm playing by the rules. I'm recycling. And to then the point where it's mockable and exhausting for the rest of us. Your reuse of paper drives all of oh us insane. <laughs> this is jammed again. You are a little Rain Man-ish. That's but it's, neither, a good, it's a good thing. It's neither here nor there. My point being, I'm doing what you all want me to do. 
you also must do what makes sense for people. And, and they're not. They don't back off. They don't yield. They can have restaurant over, uh, restaurant owner after restaurant owner go and testify before city council meetings saying, look, there is nothing on the market right now that would work for us. And yet you are mandating right, hold that off. I can't sell somebody a slice of this in a plastic, in a plastic container. Uh, you you have to back off until that product's ready for mm-hmm. us. So you're you're just you're, and they're really where they're really dangerous in St. Paul in the salon on this occasion is they are attacking really the only thriving industry left in the city. Correct. It's not like people are marching downtown St. Paul to work at a place where they make hoists and derricks. Right. You know, they're, we're not going down there anymore and put washing machines together. We're not going down there anymore and, and having warehouses full of hardware that get distributed up and down the, the river corridor. No, the poor old city, and it's going to happen in Minneapolis eventually, the poor old city's falling on hard times. Well, and the you, only thing keeping it going are these night spots. You mentioned West 7th Street with the restaurants, but also don't forget about uh, University Avenue where they are. A lot of those Vietnamese those are all ethnic, places. ethnic dishes have got liquid on them, like the chow mein, yes. or there might be a fish sauce, or there might be pho. How come there's no pushback from the people that put these in office? The people that voted for these people cannot be this stupid. They can't be sitting at home uh, puffing their chests with pride over this development. How can they be so damn dumb? A mystery that I'm really wrestling with. Because you read this kind of story in the St. Paul Pioneer Press. This story, the headline of which is... St. Paul wants green takeout containers from restaurants by the year 2021. And I haven't gone today and looked. But five will get you 10. There might be, say, 100 comments on this story. You know, the great unwashed who sit in their basements and write comments. Invariably, they're not left-wing commentators. Invariably, they, they comment along the lines of what we're what we've just been this is saying. Outrageous. They should then how do this. these people get elected? That's the mystery I want. Invariably the brunt of comments on stories are written by conservative thinking people. How did it happen that there's not a single conservative thought on that St. Paul City Council or in the mayor's office? And same in Minneapolis. Same thing in Minneapolis. Not are a these... conservative thought on the Minneapolis City Council. Because not I don't one. think enough of the people that you're speaking of that are commenting are voting. Probably not. So who are, who's but voting? the country's 50-50. Pretty much. Not St. Paul. Not Minneapolis. Especially I find it hard to believe that we don't have that many conservative people in the city of St. Paul. Because the people that I, most of the people that I know are not flaming lefties and they're not uh, ultra-conservative righties. They're basically middle of the rotors and are full of common sense. And I would assume a lot of these restaurateurs are also on the left side of the aisle, are they not? I mean, they have to be. How can they not say to these guys, hey, I voted for you, numbskull. Look what you're doing to me. Yeah, that's true. I voted for you. You're putting me out of business. You held your uh, uh, victory party at my establishment. And now you're putting me out of business. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what the answer is to that. That's, I've solved many things on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. I don't know yet why. I have no answer yet for why we're electing uh, so many uh, so many people. Just, uh, just popped up literally seconds ago on Twitter, a new story about this. Uh, Dave Cassetta, yeah. of course, uh, sent a letter 
today to the city clerk and city attorney's office wants the city council to have a public hearing mm-hmm. on the proposal. Good mm-hmm. luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some city council members say they wanted to vote February 27th without a hearing, but he said uh, it's been long enough. We haven't talked about it over a year. He said we should talk about it before we vote on it again. So and I can tell you, that I can you tell know how many this? people he employs? Well, be a do lot. you know how many 300. people... 300 Settas does? Goodness. Wow. But do you know how, if you walk up there and you get Whoa. it, you know, it's it's in the line, like like similar to a buffet line, you get the uh, black plastic bottom, right. the clear top, right. it's stuffed full of uh, rightly, correctly priced mastacholi, yep. and <laughs> boom, you're, you, you go away. Uh, he... Listen it, to the passion with which he's speaking. No kidding. Well, he's got a oh, good job there. I mean, the stories he could tell about the hoops he has to jump through. And he wow. did work with the city to re to revamp his place. How much takeout food does uh, Pat Mancini do? Do you think? I don't think a lot. Uh, it's probably not takeout, but it's take home. Yeah. You might not finish your steak there uh, because it's so huge and right. delicious that you take some of it home. It's another plug for Mancini. There you go. <laughs> oh, thanks, Pat. Johnny, how you doing, baby? <laughs> Uh, so that so that's also man, where they're hurting is because out of business. Yeah, otherwise I'd plug them, but uh, we don't have to worry about that now. Um, it's the take home. It's not just the take out. So they're getting screwed. They're getting screwed there. All of those places are. Well, I think our virtue has exceeded capitalism's yeah. means yeah. of recycling materials. Yeah. Our virtue is our, our virtue. The virtue We're of the so salon, okay. the virtue in the salon, is greater than the capacity of the free market oh, okay. to recycle material. Yeah, and you should back up and state your creds one more time for the people tuning in just to hate you. Uh, not only are you the biggest right wing nut I know, <laughs> yeah. you're also the biggest recycler of everything that I, I know. I am. In fact, you were so obsessive about it, you would walk by the old studio and there was a nice big hunk of yeah, cardboard. Just I like my good. wife. It looks pretty cardboard. good. Just like my wife, she takes things out of the trash and puts them into the recycling mm-hmm. because so her, her dumb husband doesn't realize well, that that's recyclable. Well, because this fake lefty that I live with throws away everything and i got to pluck it out of the... the <laughs> fake lefty. Yeah. Fake lefty. You know what you are? fake news. She's a fake lefty. You know what you are? Good thing she doesn't listen. Oh, she doesn't even know how. Pat's prediction... <laughs> Decades ago, when he would throw his Diet Cokes into the trash. Well, he wanted um, uh, an industry of the future. Aluminum miners. Mining. Basically, that's what you are. You are the first one. You're picking it out of your own trash to throw that's them in the trash. I'm going to throw my Diet Coke away because I'm providing jobs for the future. Right. Aluminum, Aluminum miners. That's like throwing your trash out the window where you see the Boy Scout troop cleans the next yeah, three miles. Throw it all your trash out. All right, let's come back with Johnny Heights News. I believe you too, Ken. Yeah. It's the truth. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. 
There's John Hyde. John, did you get the Thanks, emails Joe. from uh, Governor Tim Walls? I, well, I have the story. I'll, oh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll get the story. It, yeah. His budget came out today. Oh, yeah. good. Interesting how we're going to pay for everything. Oh, a couple of sports God. notes. <laughs> he is going to walk out. A <laughs> couple of sports notes, and uh, they'll all be baseball because, you know, that's really the only sport I really like. Hot stove. Twins are underway in spring training today. Well, Miguel Sano. Uh, he entered the clubhouse wearing a walking brace on his right foot. He's uh, hurt already? Apparently, do do? apparently he has a laceration on the back of his foot just above the heel. He'll have to wear the brace or mini boot for 7 to 10 days. He injured it during a celebration following his team's Winter Bowl championship. So, but remember, you weren't me. here on Friday. We were talking to Roycey about yeah. uh, ball players from where? Venezuela? Yeah. Who would mysteriously develop visa yep. problems oh, yeah. right Always. before the spring training only for the only reason to get out of spring sure. training. All the time. Happened all the time. Uh, Manny Machado, one of the big free agents in the offseason, has agreed to a free agent contract, the biggest contract in American sports history. Really? Free Ten. agent contract. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years, $300 million from the San Diego Padres. Wow. Is he worth it? He's a really good ball player. Is. Uh, is Not anymore. Now that he's signed it, he won't be worth it anymore. <laughs> it's all relative. I personally, I, I mean, I, I'd sign him. He's a, he's a good What'd ball player. What did he play for? He was with the Orioles for a long time, then was traded to the Dodgers at the end of last year. But that money only legitimate if he actually spends the next 10 years there uninjured and performing at the same well, no, level. Well, baseball he still gets the money. Really? He yep. could get hurt tomorrow, yeah. and it's all guaranteed. They buy insurance. Really? They buy an yeah. insurance policy that if he does get injured. Well, what house of insurance would accept that contract? Lloyd's of London. Wow. There is an opt-out I after say, the not fifth. knowing that. Right. That's true. No. That's <laughs> the only, us convinced. That's sounded the only very authoritative. <laughs> I bought it. Nice delivery. The uh, deal with the Padres includes an opt-out after the fifth season of the 10-year deal. So we'll see How old is he? 26. 26. Yeah. An opt-out for the Padres or for well, the They're getting him at his prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do this one for Joe and I because you clowns probably have never heard of him. One of the last links to the great Brooklyn Dodgers teams of the 1950s we have lost, Don Newcomb. Don Newcomb. Johnny. Or Nuke, as he was African-American fellow. Yes, he was. He has died at the age of 92. And just for you, Kenny, I'll make a little link here. I know you're a huge Sonny Rollins fan, jazz saxophonist, as am I. His nickname is Nuke because he looked like Don Newcomb. No kidding. So there you go. Throw it all together. For Give everybody. me some stats. Why is he so special? Uh, he was a very good pitcher. Uh, wasn't, he also he on became, the, he, wasn't he on the Giants pending winning, winning team? Dodgers. I mean, 15, sorry, Dodgers. 55, yeah, yeah. when they finally won. Uh, and uh, he also became a, uh, after he retired, he helped a lot of ballplayers who would get into trouble. It was the best way I can tell that He was he, the chef, right? Didn't he become like a, uh, a quasi-chef? Not that I'm aware of. I just made that up to make it food-based. Sorry. <laughs> Remember what I asked you about two I know you guys ago? were like, wow, he was, I didn't know he was into culinary. Yeah, wow. You're halfway through that eight ball, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on it. Some uh, news notes someday. Let me pull this story up. Kenny was talking about roads and bridges, oh, right. schools, and affordable health care coverage are top priorities in Governor Tim Walz's $49.5 billion budget proposal that was just announced Tuesday morning. Uh, a two-year spending plan was released uh, to help pay for the new spending. His budget includes a 20-cent gas tax. What? Phased in over two wow. years. 
He knows how to sell it, though. I like this tweet. My budget proposes a 20% increase in the gas tax to keep Minnesotans safe, help businesses and farmers get goods to market, and here's the line I love, and to ensure nothing like the I-35 bridge collapse happens again. He knows how to write a tweet, this guy does. The taxes and gas tax would add, he'd also, by the way, increase motor vehicle sales tax and registration taxes. Ugh. Taxes and gas tax would add $11 billion, with a B, dollars over 10 years to fund transit and road and bridge improvements. The budget proposal for 2021 or 2020 and 2021 would be a nearly 8% increase from the nearly $46 billion current two-year budget. Our Republicans uh, basically just uh, came out uh, saying, <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to fly. So the honeymoon we'll, is over. We'll see what happens. Does anybody know what percentage of the price per gallon is, in fact, taxes? If so, if gas right now is two eighteen a gallon, how much of that is taxes? About 60%. Okay. I don't know. I just made that <laughs> you, up. Again. You can Sunday. flat out deliver a line, <laughs> my friend. But <laughs> 60%. We, we heard uh, before this was, we already have, what, the third or fourth highest gas tax right now? You know now. what? At 60%, I bet, I, I bet I'm close. I bet you're not far off, yeah. in all honesty. This is an outrage. Mm-hmm. A six-year-old Way to go, Joe. Why'd you let him get elected? Six-year-old boy was injured Monday afternoon when he fell from an escalator at the Mall of America in Bloomington. Oh, God. The boy was at the top of the escalator on his way down to sea life about four in the afternoon when he fell to the floor below, according to Mike Hartley, deputy chief. Boy was alert and conscious after the fall. He did have some injuries, but they're considered minor, according to Hartley. How old, Johnny? I'm sorry? Uh, Six years old. Oh, my goodness. Officers investigating the incident determined the fall was accidental, not the result of an escalator Malfunction. Right there, Such. You reading that? Yeah, but that's the state. You've got to add the feds in, too, don't you? 28.5 cents per gallon. So that would move it up to almost 50 cents a gallon if uh, mm-hmm. we add 20 cents to it. So there you go. Hmm. Dog owners will have to find other spots to take their puppies after Rosedale Center in Roseville announced it's canceling its indoor dog walking hours. Listen to this, Such. We've uh, we've t- covered this topic many times. Think Stillwater Lumberjack Days. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to continue, Kenny. A Rosedale Center rep said, unfortunately, with our recent renovations and inability to recover the center before it's open to the public, we have to cancel dog walking. The mall's popular event. Too popular, Kenny hinted there. Got lumberjack. <laughs> Took yeah. place on Sundays, gave owners a chance to walk their dogs indoors, especially in inclement weather. Mall representatives advised visiting SidewalkDog.com to find other dog-friendly locations. Is this Rosedale Mall? Uh, yeah. Evidently. Yeah. Yeah. Rosedale? Yes. Yeah, Rosedale, Rosedale. Center. Yeah. You know why? Dog owners aren't cleaning up after themselves. Oh, for no. There's poop. Yeah. poop. There's poop. No. And according to the story... Piddle everywhere. Well, Piddle. They banned the dogs. Like yeah. Banned the dogs. 50s reference. Can you Piddle. imagine? I'd like to see. I like the idea of somebody standing at a podium. Why are you canceling this? Piddle. We got Piddle everywhere. Well, they, they don't clean up well, after the dreadful. Yeah, so they couldn't get it clean enough to open up the stores. What's that smell? To. Throw a couple of fake fire hydrants with some artificial grass. The dogs will go right there. Boom, right there. Federal judge on Tuesday ordered Roger Stone to appear in court to consider whether to revoke his bail after the longtime Trump confidant posted a photo on Instagram of the judge in his case with what appeared to be crosshairs of a gun. U.S. District Judge Amy Jackson said Stone has to show for a hearing in the afternoon and prove why she shouldn't modify or revoke his bail or implement a full gag order in the case. 
On Monday, Stone posted a photo of Jackson with what appeared to be crosshairs near her head. Later in the day, Stone and his attorneys filed a notice with the court that they recognized the photograph and comment was improper and should not have been posted. He said the photo was misinterpreted, that it was a random photo taken from the Internet. Tourists visiting the Grand Canyon's Museum Collections building have been exposed to radiation for over two decades now, according to the Arizona Republic. A safety manager for the park says the exposure came from uranium rocks stored in buckets between the year 2000 and 2018. Wow. The containers could have exposed adults to 400 times the health limit and for kids up to 4,000 times what's considered safe. The rocks have been removed and an investigation is underway. The Arizona Republic quotes an email sent earlier this month by safety, health and wellness manager Elston Stevenson, alleging a cover up by managers to conceal possible health risks. Stevenson claimed he asked National Park executives to publicize the risks, but he says they ignored him. Folks, We're all right. We looked at it for about a minute. We're going to be okay, yeah. <laughs> I said, let's go. Okay. It's a hole in the ground. Let's We're go. We're going to be all right. Don't you want to see the Grand Canyon? It's a hole We're in the ground. We're not going to the museum that either. Was, wasn't that part Vacation. of Chevy, yeah, yeah. Chevy Chase's movie? <laughs> in a recent interview, CBS News foreign correspondent Lara Logan critiqued the international liberal media while holding up outlets like Breitbart and Fox News as the opposite side of the coin. Logan spoke to retired Navy SEAL Mike Ritland about a variety of topics for his Mic Drop podcast. The conversation eventually turned toward her agreement with Ritland that the media everywhere is mostly liberal, not just in the U.S. As Logan lamented, the voter registration among journalists shows how the media is out of balance. She came up with a metaphor to explain how she believes the press is tinged by the sameness of opinion. Here's what we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah, Sooch. Both sides of the paper. paper Two different stories. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just exhausting. Where, uh, you know what? That gave me a good idea. Are you done yet? Keep reading. <laughs> Are you done yet? Uh, let's see. Uh, she says, uh, eventually, no, visually, I'm sorry. Anyone who's <laughs> ever been to Israel and been to the Wailing Wall has seen that the, what well, is a different story. <laughs> I, what the That's Sucha's fault. <laughs> well, You've been Suchified. <laughs> Here the other side Logan, of this here we one. Go. If you Logan, are seeing an increase in coyotes, you should probably additionally <laughs> review your own action to ensure compost piles and trash bins are secure. Well, the flip side of this one is an email. Hey, Joe, I hope this reaches you. And if you choose to use my previous email, please edit or add this statement. I think that was the coyote email. Don't use my name. <laughs> George. Anyway, what what sprung to mind is you mentioned CBS's Laura Logan. I've never yeah. heard of her, and I've never heard of this podcast by retired Navy SEAL Mike Ritland. Joe, what you need is a newsbaker to come in here and say something completely absurd and uh, outrageous so we can get some pub for this podcast. All right. We'll Rookie's been doing it for 25 years. It's not no, worth uh, it. We, we need somebody bigger, <laughs> oh, bigger than Rookie. Okay. You, you know what else I just noticed, Joe? Huh? The story that you handed me right before the newscast, right? right? So I didn't right. get a chance to look at I it, understand. right? I understand. Well, that's not journalism. That's horse bleep. What if I'd have read that cold without what, looking uh, at that? What's the name well, of this guy's uh, podcast? Mike Drop, uh, Mike Drop, yep. Mike Ritland. Mike Ritland. You would have went Ron Burgundy on it. Is that what you're saying? Johnny? I would have yeah. perhaps and, and read Go that. Go bleep yourself, San Diego. Go bleep yourself, San Diego. All right. Well, anyway, let's let's move. Let me, let me pick up this now. Good one, Joe. We know you didn't do that by accident. Yeah, I probably did. Uh, Vegas had snow. Did you guys see that? Yes. Yes. It snowed in Las Vegas. The National Weather Service tweeting it happened when the first flakes of snow were reported at McCarran Airport. Sunday night. Social media, of course, exploding with pictures and videos of snow on the famed strip. 
Uh, snowfall does uh, happen periodically in the Las Vegas Valley, but it's unusual for it to be in the city. Higher elevation areas on the western and southern edges of Las Vegas uh, received one to two inches of snow. Henderson got one inch. The storm caused a nearly five-hour shutdown on Interstate 15 at the Nevada state line due to multiple accidents. The last time Vegas and the Strip saw similar significant snowfall was in 2008. When the airport so it's happened before. Oh, yes. I yeah. see. And I scoured the news stories. I didn't see anything about GW, global warming. Yeah. Did you see the fellow who coined that phrase passed away? I did see that. Yes. Yeah. I, I'd never heard of him. I, I think I he died of shame. <laughs> From the Star Tribune, I, I avid Bob Dylan fans have paid $2 bucks for a draft of his lyrics to Like a Rolling Stone, and they paid nine hundred sixty-five grand for the... Strat he used when he went electric at the 65 Newport Folk Festival. A lot of stuff by him for sale. And now you can buy Dylan's Boyhood Bathroom Sink. No. I, I wouldn't give you a nickel for it. Came from their childhood home in Hibbing. You can mount it on a sewing machine, and <laughs> oh, that can be your new bathroom. Did you show that to Joe yesterday? What? No, he missed that one. Speaking of oh, uh, you needing right. to do more manly things. True. Yeah. He's, so he's got some pictures to show you of his bathroom. Who's the getting the over. money from the sale uh, the of this sink, stuff? Uh, the the sink, nickel? The sink comes from the collection of Zimmy's, the Hibbing restaurant that celebrated the hometown hero from 1985 to 2013. Uh, Zimmy's uh, liked to think of itself as the unofficial Bob Dylan Museum. However, it closed in early 2014. Linda Strobach was the co-owner of Zimmy's, obtained the 1940s, 50s vintage sink from the Merrills, who owned the former Zimmerman home at 25th and 7th Street in Hibbing. Strobach wrote on eBay when they remodeled the upstairs bathroom in the late 60s, we later received the sink from them, where it was stored in the backyard of their residence for many years. It's amazing it survived in such great condition. We found what do you mean by stored in the backyard? Like Don't you like that when you got a neighbor that's got a sink in the sink backyard? In the backyard. <laughs> now, the current bid on eBay... $4,000. No. Huh. Who's getting the money, I asked? Well, I'm sure Zimmy's. this person, yeah, Linda Strobach. Oh, Linda Strobach. Linda Strobach. But, I mean, who got the two mil for the lyrics? Uh, does it, I mean, does it go into question. a charity is what I'm saying? Or I is Dylan I, putting I, in his I, pocket? Well, I don't think Dylan. Uh, some, I'm sure somebody had it, some collector. He doesn't want and, much to do with Hibbing, does he? Uh, How long was he there? Do you blame him? Have you been there? I've been to Hibbing many times. Yeah. I've been there many times. I've been no there many deal. times. We got an email from a guy that bought the... The iron gates or whatever he calls it, the ones that he welds. Right. We got a late call one time. The band got a late call on a Saturday to go to the Hibbing Armory in the dead of January. We had a Corvair van. Oh, God. Which was a death trap. Corvair van? A Corvair van. And there was two of us in the front, then all the equipment, and two engine, guys in the back. Engine in the back? Engine in the front. Okay. and Or wherever it was. I don't even remember now where it was. I think it was in the back. Yeah. So the two guys in the back froze to death, and we were burning pieces of paper in the ashtray to try to keep warm. True story. Rolled Get to paper. the Hibbing Armory, take the electrical cords in there, drop them on the floor, and they shattered. <laughs> no. They shattered like pieces of licorice, frozen licorice. Wow. Yeah. So other than that, how'd the gig go? <laughs> Went pretty good. Oh. What did you guys a, make, about 50 bucks? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> those are uh, quite the vehicle. I've never seen one of those, I don't think. was that is that the Corvair van style you guys were on in the orange one? Oh, and uh, one of the our keyboardist Al Dworsky, his dad came out once to watch us leave, and he we were took off in that Corvair van and uh, Mr. Dworsky said, oh, I'm not sure about this truck and I said, don't worry, Mr. Dworsky, this is the last trip it's ever making. <laughs> <laughs> What else did you guys do to keep warm? Anything else uh, no, right up there? Carl no. Lagerfeld, Feld, excuse me, Chanel's, I'm not going to use the word, 
uh, I'll just say couturier, mm-hmm. whose designs... Yeah. I bet had, they use the I word, yeah. They did, yeah. yeah. You knew that, yeah. yeah. Whose designs had an unprecedented impact on the entire fashion industry died Tuesday in Paris. He liked oh. to wear sunglasses inside a lot. We think he was 85. There's some uh, controversy as to how old he actually was. Uh, because he had several birth certificates and uh, would never really tell. You would have to call him iconic. But you can't because the word's been destroyed. But you're right. It would be a correct use of the word, but that word's been destroyed from overuse. Chanel confirmed that Lagerfeld, who had looked increasingly frail in recent seasons, died in Paris. Last month, he didn't come out to take a bow at the house's show in Paris, a rare absence that the company attributed to him being tired. Uh, As I said, he was in his 80s. Was he German? Confusion. Uh, I don't know. Lagerfeld. Lagerfeld? Maybe he was Austrian. And video footage of a drunken JetBlue passenger throwing a tantrum has gone viral online. Have you guys watched the video of this psychopath? Uh, No, I'm uninterested in her. Valerie Gonzalez reportedly taking a JetBlue flight from Fort Lauderdale to the Hollywood International Airport to Las Vegas when she became upset because she had to sit next to a three-year-old. According... According to the arrest affidavit, the 32-year-old said, I'm not sitting next to a bleeping three-year-old. I've been drinking all day. Fellow passenger mm-hmm. fellow passenger recorded the incident, shared it on Twitter, where it racked up 60,000 views. In the video, Gonzalez appears to be talking to someone via FaceTime on her phone while complaining that she didn't do anything wrong. Other passengers began to film her conversation. At one point, she spits on the passenger in front of her. Yep. Later, the woman wow. shouts at passengers while gathering her things. Make this viral. I want you to make this viral. Make it viral. What the bleep did I do? I called someone because uh, they were, and that's the, where it ends. According to Metro, after the woman exited to the terminal, she tried to board the plane once again. She was no. prevented from entering the plane. She then hit the employee over the head at that point. Gonzalez is arrested at the Florida airport and charged with battery. So, he was born in Hamburg. But Carl, Hamburg. Had, Carl had quite an interesting uh, upbringing. He was the son of a businessman, Otto Lagerfeld, and his wife, Elizabeth. His father owned a company that produced and imported evaporated milk. I guess somebody has to. His maternal grandfather was a local politician for the Catholic Center Party, and they belonged to the old Catholic Church. When she met his father, Lagerfeld's mother was a lingerie salesman from Berlin. I think that explains a lot about maybe Carl. You will wear these women's briefs. (laughs) And Um, Joe has a a, a pair of those gloves, just like Carl was wearing in his Wikipedia page. Fingerless black gloves. For working on the uh, Triumph, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He is a sexy old man, isn't he? Joe? Uh, Such, uh, you're done, right, John? I'm done, sure. So, not that I wasn't paying attention, but uh, while you were doing that, I was reading a 1971 Playboy interview with John Wayne. They're accusing him of racism. And I discovered something interesting. Um, They picked, actually, you brought up Blazing Saddles yesterday on Mm -hmm. yesterday's podcast. Mm -hmm. They wanted John Wayne to play the Waco Kid. Oh. But he turned it down because he thought the role was a little too blue. Really? Isn't that interesting? Who got the role, uh... Gene well, Wilder. Gene, Gene Wilder. Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah. 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 Funny. Uh, the movie couldn't be made today. No. no. Well, I just, don't you think rightfully so? No, I thought it was fantastic. Well, of course it was yeah. a funny movie, but it was a funny movie for the times. Well, as John pointed out, Richard Pryor co wrote it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, we should true. mention, by the way, GLers, do not adjust your radio dials. We are now uh, working with a new format. Radio. For the show. What did I just say? Your, your podcast computer, style. Your, your, your computer, computer dials. dials. So just one file now for the entire show as opposed to two separate files for the I show have no going no idea forward. what that means. Just sit there and look pretty, Olson. <laughs> right. It just means tell everybody about the podcast, garagelogic.com. And don't forget about Apple iTunes. We recognize and love to get your feedback. Rate us on Apple iTunes as well. Author's Corner, what's on Joe's bookshelf? GarageLogic.com features page as well as Greg Holcomb's latest cartoon creation. Thanks. We're back for another round of Garage Logic, the podcast version.